today I want to share with you what I believe is the ultimate difference maker. And among all of the things that you can do to add momentum to your life, this is significant because of what I'm about to to share with you. In life, we all understand the need to be able to grasp the basic fundamentals of mathematics. Now, you may never be a college professor in algebra. That's okay. That's cool. You might not understand advanced geometry, trigonometry. That's okay. Just don't worry about it. But you do need to know the basics of adding, subtracting, multiplying, and dividing to get through life successfully. And one way or another, you need to know these things because they will have an impact on your life. But let me tell you, in the kingdom of God and in the spiritual realm, there are mathematics as well. The sign of the enemy is always subtraction and division. The sign of the kingdom is addition and multiplication. Somebody say amen. What I've shared with you about building momentum has been about adding. How do you add to momentum on a day-to-day basis? Today, what I'm going to share with you goes beyond addition. I want to talk to you about the ultimate secret to having momentum in your life. Anybody who achieves real success in anything they do does so by developing and learning to do things that cause momentum to be multiplied. Look at your neighbor and say, the pastor is going to tell us how to multiply momentum today. Would you do that? My subject this morning is momentum multipliers. Father, I ask you to speak a word to us that will be life-changing. Your word is so incredibly full of amazing truths. Lord, open them to us and let us feast at your table and you get the glory while I hide behind the cross. I ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted and said, Amen. Genesis 26, 1 through 6. There was a famine in the land. You're going to go through some famines in life. And this is besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Geror. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land and I will be with you. Oh, Lord, I felt that. Dwell in this land. Mm. My Lord. There is a certain place where God will bless you. Dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. And I will make your descendants multiply. There it is. As the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And then this scripture. I love this. So Isaac dwelt in Geror. <laughs> when God spoke, he obeyed. Then in verse 12, it, we read. 
Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped him the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. I want you to either underline if you're using Bibles with that, that have paper pages. Or maybe if you're taking notes, take a note to this effect. Or at least in some way, mark it if you can. If you can do that on your smartphone or whatever. I want you to circle these words or underline them. Where it says, the man began to prosper. Underline began. And then underline continued prospering. And then underline until. And then underline where it says he became, underline the word very. Where it says he became very prosperous. And verse 14, for he had possessions of flocks and Philistines of, I'm sorry, possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. (laughs) Underline the word envy. You need to be so blessed that the enemy is jealous of you. And I'm going to explain what that means. Momentum multipliers. If you were to speak to a physics professor or an engineer, mechanical engineer, and we have them here, they would talk to you probably about force multipliers. How many of you are familiar with the term force multipliers? Not too many. Well, that means I'm going to teach you something you don't know. You might not even be aware of it, but every day of your life, you're using force multipliers. What force multipliers do is they enable you to accomplish so much more than you could do without them. As an example of a force multiplier, consider the simple lever and fulcrum. One man can pick up only so much weight, but if you were to give him a long pry bar or lever and a fulcrum, That same man could move that same weight around very easily. In fact, what it might take several men to move can now be moved by one person. This is a principle that has been recognized for many years. Archimedes, the Greek philosopher, 2,000 years ago said this, Give me a lever long enough and a fulcrum on which to place it and I shall move the world. Literally speaking, If you could get a lever long enough, someone could stand far out in space. They might have to be out there by Pluto somewhere. But if you gave them a lever long enough and a fulcrum, they could literally move the earth all out of its orbit. One person could. That's the power of a force multiplier. It not only works in physics, but it also works in the realm of business as well. In systems thinking, a leverage point is a place in a system structure where a solution element can be applied. Many businesses just need to have something tweaked. I might be talking to a business owner right now. Or maybe someone who is trying to get a business started and you think, oh, I don't know how to go about this. Oftentimes, the smallest amount of effort, if it's done at the right point, can have tremendously impacting change on what you're doing. That is because of what we call high leverage points. Think about that. Everybody say that with me. High leverage points. 
A high leverage point is a place where a small amount of change or adjustment can cause a large change in the outcome. What it literally means is that maybe by, by only changing 1%, you can make a 99% difference in the outcome of a circumstance. Many people believe they need to, oh, I'm not doing well. I need, I need to change everything in my life and I'm going to change jobs and change wives and change. I can already tell you, you're on the wrong road when you begin to think like that. And if I don't tell you, she'll let you know. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It only takes a small amount of change sometimes to have a hugely impacting difference in the outcome. Folk have been telling me I need to be, bring Boudreaux back. If you're, you're with us for the first time, I'm Cajun, and I love telling jokes from my culture. So if you haven't heard the old joke, there was a factory that got shut down because something broke and nobody could figure it out. And they were losing hundreds of thousands of dollars a day. The engineers couldn't figure it out. The supervisors couldn't figure it out. The technicians couldn't figure it out. So finally, they called in Boudreaux, the expert. And Boudreaux walked through the factory with a thoughtful look on his face. And he turned his head this way and listened. And then this way and stopped and thought. And he walked a little further until he had gone through the entire factory. And he turned around to the supervisor that was trying to lead him through the factory. And he said, go get me one of them hammers over there. And so they brought him a hammer and he walked over to a machine and listened for just a moment and put his ear up against it and felt with his hand. And then about two thirds up the gearbox, he took that hammer and wham, hit that machine on the side. And all of a sudden everything started working and the machinery was going and, and the supervisor was amazed and said, man, that, that is awesome. And, and we're so glad because we were losing hundreds of thousands of dollars a day and Boudreaux whipped out his bill and handed it to him. It was for $50,050. And the supervisor said, what? You only been in here 15 minutes and all you did was walk up and hit this machine with a hammer and you're charging $50,050 for that? And Boudreaux said, Shaq, the $50 was for the 15 minute I was here. The $50,000, that's for knowing where to hit that machine. <laughs> a little bit of change can make a huge difference. As an example of a force multiplier, consider the simple wheel. One man can only carry so much on his back, but if you have a wheel, you can now create a cart. And look at what you can carry with just a simple cart. But now let's add an engine to that same cart. And suddenly you have a vehicle and you can build a truck. And these are actual photographs. And if you go to the country as I go to, that's exactly what they look like right there. They would never permit that in the United States. But you see it all the time overseas. I'll give you another example. Who here has not used a shovel? Let me see your hand. You've never used a shovel. Okay, because I, I, rather than ask you if you have, I, I, I'd do better to ask you who has not. We all, oh, one little guy right there. Okay, wait long enough, son. You'll get your chance, I promise you. 
especially if mama starts digging a garden. Amen. Now look, one shovel can lift so much earth. Usually a full shovel weighs 6.6 pounds. Uh, That's how much, uh, let me rephrase that. That's how much material you can load in a full uh, shovel. But look at this. This is the Bucyrus RH400 that you're looking at right now. It can scoop up 1,589 cubic feet at once. That's 85 tons of material at a time. Whereas you can scoop up 6.6 pounds in one shovel full, that machine right there can scoop up 26,000 shovelfuls at once. That's a force multiplier. It's used in mining excavations. Can you imagine how long it would take for you to be out there? 26,000 shovelfuls. How many weeks would you have to work to do what that machine can do in just one moment? Force multiplier. Things that whenever you apply them, increase the effectiveness of your potential. The kingdom of God talks about kingdom force multipliers. With just a small amount of adjustment in your life, you can make a maximum amount of benefit become a part of your life. For example, in Deuteronomy 32.30, the scripture tells us that one will put to flight a thousand, but two can put to flight Come on, let me hear you. 10,000. Hmm. Now the mathematics of that would be wrong if it were not for the kingdom perspective. Because if one can put to flight 1,000, two ought to put to flight 2,000. But you see, we're now talking about entering a realm of multiplication rather than addition. I hope somebody gets this. In Psalms 34 and 3, we see that this is the effect that worship has. When we were entering into worship a moment ago, something incredible was happening. Because Psalms 34, 3 says that this, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. The Hebrew word magnify literally means to increase in size and make bigger. So that's why corporate worship is so powerful. The combined force of many people worshiping is so incredible that it causes you to see God for how big he is. And that problem that you thought was so big when you came to church gets diminished when it begins to be compared with the greatness of God. Somebody ought to give God an applause right now. Your problems shriek when you realize how big he is. Jesus spoke of kingdom multipliers or kingdom force multipliers. Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree, look at your neighbor and say, it just takes two. Would you do that? That it only takes two to agree on earth concerning anything that they ask. And it will be done for them by my father, which is in heaven. Kingdom force multipliers. Or how about this? Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Jesus is telling us that unity is a kingdom force multiplier. 
Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. You see, the, if one horse can pull a certain amount of weight, mathematically, you would think that two horses will be able to pull twice the weight that one can pull. But the fact is they don't. It has been proven time and time again that if one horse can pull a certain amount of weight, that two horses can pull what three horses would normally pull. You see, when you get in agreement with other believers and there's unity, it multiplies the effectiveness of what you're striving to accomplish. This is why God was so upset when 10 negative spies came back with a bad report. Because you can also create the wrong momentum if you listen to the wrong voices in your life. Oh, I'm preaching right now and somebody needs to hear what I'm saying. 10 negative fault-finding spies convinced an entire nation not to listen to God, but to listen to them. And they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness and 10 negative spies overrode the effectiveness and the impact of two positive spies that were declaring the word of God. This is why God absolutely despises having a critical attitude. I feel it, I'm going to say it. I got, I got to get it off my heart because I feel it burning inside of me. You better be careful who you listen to in this world because they will fill you with the wrong kind of thoughts and they will apply force in your life in the wrong direction. And you will find yourself up some, out somewhere where you don't want to be. And what you need to do is tell somebody, my ears are not garbage containers. I don't want to hear the negative. I need to stay focused on what God is declaring in my life somebody give God some praise in the house hallelujah there are some people that think that their special gift is to go around telling you what's wrong with everything you ever meet anybody like that they'll talk you right out of your marriage They'll talk you right out of your career. They'll tell you why you should not start the business that God is telling you to start. They'll tell you why you need to give up on your dream. What you need to say is, I don't need to hear the wrong kind of input. Because it becomes a negative force multiplier. God's church, if you think about it, and stay with me because I'm just building my case right now and I'm going to have to wind it up real fast. <laughs> Amen. God's church is a force multiplier. What makes the incarnation and birth of Christ so incredible is that a God who's so vast, get this, that the heavens cannot contain him and the earth is what he props his feet up on. What makes the incarnation so wonderful is that God that who is that big condensed himself into a body in a little town called Bethlehem into the body of, a, of a, an eight pound baby and the mighty God of glory, Mary held him in the palms of her hands, nursed him on her breast. That's an amazing fact. It just blows my mind when I consider it. But the problem with the incarnation is this. 
that Jesus was in the body that he was in, physically constrained to being in one place at one time. He was limited by the perspectives of time and geography. He could only be in one place, and even then it was only for the 33 years that he was here. But when he went to the cross and rose again, and came back in the form of the Holy Spirit in the upper room and baptized believers and it spread around the globe all of a sudden instead of one body he had bodies all over the entire earth and the church is a force multiplier I need somebody to give God some praise in this house because of that hallelujah I will never forget a meeting that I was in 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 San Salvador, El Salvador during the Civil War there some years ago. And it was unbelievable. We were having this revival and you couldn't believe it. We were in the the major uh, coliseum, not an auditorium, that was in in San Salvador. And they filled that place up and there were miracles that were happening. And I mean, these were bona fide, documented miracles, blind eyes being opened. We had thousands receive the Holy Spirit. And you know what? We received a lot of opposition because throughout Latin America, and many of you know this because some of you have ancestors or family that have come from there. But but throughout Latin America, there's a lot of witchcraft. There is a lot of witchcraft. And so the, 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 the spiritual forces that were not godly got stirred up because of that meeting. And they started making fun of all the believers. And they said, huh, you just think you're a little Jesus, don't you? And that became their taunt. You just think you're a little Jesus. So when draws the missionary? <laughs> he had a bunch of little sticker badges made and they put it on everybody's lapel. And it said this, I think I'm saying it right. Soy un Jesucristo pequeño. Y usted? And for those of you that don't speak Spanish, and I don't, I just remember that. It said, I'm a little Jesus, how about you? Amen. Meaning that I am the body of Christ in the earth, and that's what you are. You're the living representative of God Almighty in the earth. Somebody give God some praise in the house. Hallelujah. The the church is a force multiplier. This church, Inspire Church, is a force multiplier. Look at what we've done in the community. The feeding programs. And am I bragging? Yeah, I'm going to brag on you. Because of all the hundreds of volunteers. Look at what we did after Hurricane Harvey. We gave away $1.3 million. And we continue to, to help as many people as we could. And, and, and even as we can today. In Africa alone, our Bible schools have now graduated 3,565 students. And we're building more Bible schools there. Do you realize what that means? They're starting churches everywhere. Look at your neighbor and say, you're part of a force multiplier. Would you do that? Same thing in India. Momentum is a force multiplier. And as I get ready to close, I want you to know this, that in math, you can have an exponent. And what that exponent does, like it's four to the second power, you have the four and put the two up at the right-hand side above it. You know what I'm talking about? Remember that what that means is that the number, the main number, which is the four, you got to multiply it by itself two times. Amen. 
It's to the second power. So four times four is 16. But now let's, let's make it four to the fifth power. So you've got to multiply four times four times four times four times four. You can literally have an exponent of multiplication added to your life. And when it does, you carry something that causes every situation you get in to be turned around by the favor of God Almighty. Somebody in the house hear what I'm saying? I've got a word that's going to transform your life. We go back to the scripture and we see that's exactly what was happening with Isaac. Before we go there, let me continue. You say, does the scripture really say that we can have an exponent of multiplication? Look, Amos 9, 13, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. And the mountain shall drip with sweet wine and the hills shall flow with it. What does that mean? Plowman overtake the reaper? It means the harvest can become so blessed that while you still are getting in last year's harvest, that they're already coming in to sow the next harvest. I'm talking to somebody right now. You have been through a time of struggle in your life. And it's unfortunate that everybody's mind always goes the same place when you start talking about multiplication. We always think it means finances. No, it doesn't. I am a living example that God could cause your health to multiply. Hello, somebody. You say, what do you mean a living example? I'm a living example because after eight rear end automobile accidents that I was in and 27 surgeries I was supposed to have been retired over 15 years ago and here I am still preaching the word of God still traveling the world still doing God's work I want you to know the doctor does not have the last say somebody give God some praise in this house But it's not just true about doctors. They do everything they can. We have wonderful doctors here. But going by what they see in the x-rays and the MRIs, there's no way that you can make it. (laughs) You're about to face some serious issues. But you see, when God decides, I'm going to put a factor of multiplication on your life. Amen. That everything changes. You can do the same thing in your marriage. You've been sowing and sowing and not getting anywhere. I'm going to ask you guys. When was the last time you got a kiss? Or a little bit more. Oh, but pastor, it's been a long season. Amen. God can make the plowman overtake the reaper. You're still wiping the lipstick off the last time. And here she comes again to plant some more. What I'm trying to say is God can cause multiplication at every level of your life. Yes, he can. Not just finances. And our scripture tells us that. And this is where I close. 
Usually you start with your scripture. Now I'm going to close with our scripture. The Bible tells us that Isaac sowed and in the same year reaped 100 fold. (laughs) Do you have any idea what a hundred fold blessing is like? It is a rate of for every one you give, you get a hundred back in return. Now, let me just make it math for you, okay? That would be, I know Tesla's way out there, so I'm just bringing it down so you can understand. If you had 10,000, who would like to have 10,000 shares of Tesla right now? Yeah. If you bought 10,000 shares of Tesla and you paid, listen to this, only $1 a share, (laughs) wouldn't that be great? And you sold it for a hundred dollars a share. Those 10,000 shares, you would have only paid $10,000 for, but you would reap a return of 990,000. That's the math I'm talking about. Now, yeah, go ahead and give God some praise. Amen. He might do that with another share. The point is, is that Isaac sowed. In a time, the scripture says, that was a a season of famine. Apparently, he did not want to stay because God went to him and said, you stay here, don't go down to Egypt. I can't see any reason that God would say that unless he was actually contemplating going to Egypt. But God said, stay. And here's what is crazy about that. A 100-fold return is the gold standard of investment in anything. It is extremely, extremely rare. In agriculture, it's so rare as to be almost unheard of. And it's agriculture we're talking about right now in the case of Isaac. Yeah. Do you know without John Deere tractors, without combines, without harvesters, without without cultivation equipment, without irrigation equipment, in the time of famine when there was no rain and everybody else's fields were dried up, Because Isaac carried an exponent of multiplication. God caused him to experience a bumper crop in the middle of the worst circumstance possible. Mm. I'm talking to somebody. I want to release a word over somebody in this building. You listening to me? Who am I talking to right now? Your season is getting ready to change right now. Your season is getting ready to change. How do I know that? Because God sent me to preach this word. If you're stuck, God can change your season to one of positive acceleration and momentum. And Isaac went out and then the fields where there was drought, where the ground was cracked. You ever see how it gets in the middle of summer when we haven't had a summer rain? You live out in the country, you see the ground literally crack. In spite of the terrain and the circumstances around him, growing up from that dry, parched earth came new life that exploded into a bumper crop. And here's what I've come to tell you. That when God smiles on you and your, are you listening? Mathematical sign changes from addition to multiplication. It don't matter how cracked the ground is. 
It don't matter how dry it is. It doesn't matter how long you got a rain in your marriage. It doesn't matter how long your kid, it's been since your kids were rained on. When God begins to bless you, you'll be blessed in spite of famine all around you. It doesn't matter what the economy is going through. It doesn't matter about COVID-19. Hello, somebody. God can smile on you and cause you to be blessed. Give God some praise in this house. You see, everybody talks about Jacob and how he wanted the birthright. But nobody ever goes back to tell us why. Now, I'd have to look at the chronology of Scripture. I don't think Jacob was born at this point. But he may have been in, in, in Genesis chapter 26 where our text comes from. I'd, I'd have to look at it. I should have already done that and got busy between services. So you could possibly let me know if, you, if you've already read it. But either Jacob was there and saw what happened to his daddy and saw him get blessed uh, with a hundredfold blessing. Or he heard about it later when he was born. Because you see, Isaac was carrying something that had been passed on to him by Abraham. And that's how God begins that text. God tells him, I blessed your daddy Abraham. And now I'll put that same blessing on you. And Jacob, hundredfold blessing in the middle of a famine. I want it, I want it, I want it. I'm not talking about getting a blessing now. He wanted his daddy's blessing, which was the blessing. Look at somebody near you and say there is a difference in a blessing and the blessing. Come on, I can't hear you. There's a difference in a blessing and the blessing. All his brother Esau wanted was a blessing. How do I know? Because in Hebrews, Esau, after he sold the birthright, went back to his daddy and said, Daddy, don't you have a blessing for me? I'm not interested in a blessing. I want the blessing. Because the blessing goes with you no matter where you go. The blessing goes with you in famine. The blessing goes with you even if you have to get stuck in the middle of a circumstance that was not of your design or your making. If you've got the blessing, it will start pulling you out of the hole you got yourself in. I'm talking to somebody right now. What you need is the favor of Almighty God to speak the blessing over your life. And this is why whenever Jacob went into the land of Syria and met Laban, Laban was a scallywag. <laughs> he tried to rob J Laban, or Laban tried to rob Jacob of his blessing and his wages 10 different times. The Bible said it, he changed his wages 10 times. And I don't mean he changed them to give him a promotion and a raise. He changed them intending to keep Jacob from being blessed. But this is the difference. If all you have is the blessing. Or a blessing. Is all you have. The difference between those two is profound. If you're just carrying a blessing. Once you get that blessing. And you've moved beyond it. 
That blessing was back there. But when you got the blessing, you're carrying it right here. And you're carrying it right here. And you got it on Monday. And you have it Wednesday. And on Friday, the enemy comes around, but you still got the blessing. Hello, somebody. And he can't rob you. And what I'm trying to tell you is that is ultimately the state that God wants his people to dwell in. There will never stop being a devil. You're not going to ever live long enough that you won't have a Laban in your life. You're going to go through some challenging places and there will be some droughts and there will be some famines and there will be seasons where there is no rain. But when you got the blessing. (laughs) So how do you cause momentum to multiply? Number one, live in obedience. The only reason God told Isaac to stay is because he must have been planning on going. No need to tell him to stay if that was already his intention. But God said, you don't go down to Egypt. I got this word and it's for somebody in the house. God's word to you is stay. Stay in your marriage. Don't give up. Don't surrender your dream. Don't let it go. Stay. Stay. I need somebody to shout it out. Stay. You need to be praying about God's will for your life and invite him to take charge. Stay. Because God will sometimes tell you to do things that don't look like they make sense. How many of you have ever felt like you wondered if God woke up, you know, and got out of bed on the wrong side and had no common sense. I mean, God, even I can figure this out. And what you're telling me just doesn't make sense. Stay. The ground's cracked open. You're kidding me. But yes, you have to live in obedience. And that means even during famine, when God speaks a word to you, stay in obedience. Number two, you have to sow. There again, that's another one of those terms. People always think it's referring to money, but I'm not. You've got to sow into your marriage. You've got to sow into the relationship. You, you, you say that he hadn't told me he loved me in so long. Look, sow into your relationship anyway. Hello. Fix him a nice meal. Put your arms around him and say, babe, you're looking good today. Amen. I mean, sow. You know what I'm talking about? Sow into your relationship. Amen. Are you sowing faithfully? Are you sowing in prayer? Are you sowing in fasting? And number three, and this is a big one. Keep trusting God. Even when there's no rain. Look, you got to trust God rather than your emotions. How many of you know you can't listen to the weather report? You know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about channel 10 or channel whatever. I don't even know what channels there are out there. I don't watch TV. Amen. 
I'm not talking about the local weatherman. You got to stop listening to the weathermen in your life. Your marriage is not going to make it. You could have done better when you got married than to marry her. Y'all never hear that? Your business is not going to make it, not in this economy. You need to, you need to close it up and let go. You can't listen to the negative, pro, uh, negative prognosticators in your life, is what I'm saying. You've got to learn to tune out the weathermen. Tune them out. Amen. And then number four, and would you stand with me right now? Not only do you have to live in obedience, and not only do you have to sow because Isaac sowed. Look at this. Not only do you have to keep trusting God, but I want you to put yourself in Isaac's position because he had to get up every morning and walk out and Rebecca is out on the front porch calling, hey honey, see anything growing yet? And he's looking down and saying, well, no. All I see are cracks in the earth. I don't see anything good yet. Well, don't give up, babe. And next morning, see anything growing yet? Nah, don't, not yet. But he kept looking because he trusted God to fulfill his promise. And you've got to walk it out day by day by day by day. With your hands raised, would you say, Lord, help me to walk it out? Who am I talking to that hasn't seen any growth in so long that you're about to give up hope? Who am I talking to? That your dreams are so far from being fulfilled right now that you're beginning to wonder if you even heard from God. I'm talking to somebody. All of your head is bowed and every eye is closed and those of you online are watching as well. I want to see the hands of those who need Jesus in their life to raise their hands and say, Pastor, pray. I want to start by doing the right thing and giving my heart to God. Raise your hand right where you are. God, raise your expectations. God, raise your faith. God, raise your trust in him to a level where you can right now give your heart to him. And I want to pray for you. Keep that hand lifted right where it's at, across the building. I see you and you and you and see you and 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 see you in the back and you and you and you and the risers. God bless you so many hands. May God raise your faith to the point that you can say, yes, Lord, today's my day. I'm going to pray for you right now. And those of you at home, right where you are in your living room. If you'll raise your hand too and pray this prayer with me, God will hear your prayer. Father, save every person who has just raised their hand. And I pray, Lord, that you will come into their hearts and you will cause them to be filled with the power of your Holy Spirit. 
We pray right now that you will be Lord of all and we surrender our lives to you and ask you to be our Savior and our King and we trust in the blood of Jesus to cleanse us of our sins and that you are writing our names down in the book of life and we thank you and let's give all of those who prayed that prayer an applause of welcome as they begin their journey. If you just prayed that prayer with us, either text to that number or capture that QR code. And I would urge you to go on and be baptized for the remission of your sins as the scripture teaches us and then be filled full of the Holy Spirit. And then number three, become a part of a Bible-believing church. And we would love to have you be a part of Inspire Church. And now, I want us to do one other thing before we go. I've got a sense that there are people who really need a breakthrough in some area of their life. Could I see your hand if you're one of those? And I've kept being drawn in my message today toward families and marriages. Did you notice that? I did. I could have gone in so many different directions, but I kept feeling the Lord pull me toward families. Let me ask you, how many need... God to give you a breakthrough in your family. Would you, could I see your hand? Yeah, that's what I thought. Your family. Today, you're going to walk out of here with an exponent of multiplication. Let's pray together. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for breakthrough in lives and families between husbands and wives and children. I know this has been a stressful season over the last year for a lot of people. But I'm asking you to cause love to flourish and cause the efforts in a home that are donated and given toward the construction of a happy relationship. Cause those efforts to multiply. God, I want there to be green coming up through the ground as it were. I want to see a harvest begin to grow between loved ones in a home. Let there be forgiveness where forgiveness needs to be given and Lord let there be a new beginning and a new reset where there needs to be a reset. Let there be grace and understanding and we ask it in Jesus name.